Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's Dylan James. Alongside me is JT Taylor. JT, how's your week going so far? My week's been good, Dylan. Been pretty busy this week, you know. I've been doing a lot of sitting, some kneeling, you know, some going, some trying to get some work out of the gym. They had locker rooms, but I didn't even go in there, you know. I, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I take my showers at home. You know, I live right down the street from the gym. So, you know, just keeping myself busy. But work, you know, just working at DVC this week. Didn't have to do any work at Under Armour. They got no hours for me this week. Nope. But they do next week. Trying so to cut back hours I'll, over there, it sounds like. Yeah. You got in there at a bad some, time, it sounds like. That's why I told the manager. I was like, I just started. You're cutting my hours already? It's like, why did I get hired if you're cutting hours? That's, I'm, I'm trying to save up money for a car, you know, but... Hey, you got to do what you got to do. It's retail, so that's how it goes. I guess so. Make your sales, you get hours. You don't yeah. make your sales, you don't get hours. That's yeah. how it goes. Well, it's been a busy week for me. I had two concerts I went to, which were phenomenal, Mumford & Sons and Mr. Wife's this past weekend. Then on, when was it? Friday, I think it was. On Friday, I went to the National Predators game versus Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning in Tampa, um, we had great seats. We were in the lower level, probably 10 or 12 rows from the ice. And um, fantastic game. We lost 3-1, to one, but it's preseason. I mean, I got to see a lot of younger guys play. Uh, Philip Forsberg didn't make the trip. Ryan Johansson didn't make the trip. P.K. Subban didn't make the trip. There were probably three or four Lightning fans, actually, that came up to me asking me where P.K. Subban was. And I said, he's back in Nashville. So... I think that kind of they were so happy they won, but I think when they found out PK Subban wasn't there and the rest of the starters weren't there either, they were like, "Oh well, we're celebrating for no reason." But hey, it was a great game. Uh, it was fun to watch, and um, yeah, so I've had a busy week, and we have a lot to talk about, starting with the NFL first. Um, so should we even talk about that? I, I think we should, but I mean, we all know what we're about to say. This past weekend in the NFL. There were national anthem protests uh, that were happening. It was, it was all throughout the league. 27 teams were on the field either kneeling or locked arms. Uh, three teams were out in their locker room during the national anthem. And two teams, what? They just didn't do it? I mean, oh, it was two teams. It was um, the 49ers and, and the Rams. played the Rams. Thursday night. They played so Thursday night before Donald Trump. They Trump's. didn't do anything. Yeah, so before President Trump had his statements, uh, that was the game that happened before that. So they didn't do anything because they didn't know what was going on. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they actually do anything this weekend because they didn't last weekend. But, you know, um, I digress. Anyway, so with these protests, what they decided to do is kneel during the national anthem, either lock arms during the national anthem or just not even show up on the field at all. Um, like our Titans. Like our Titans. Titans were one of them. The Seattle Seahawks were another team that did not go out into the field. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, however, one of their linemen actually decided to stand at the end of the tunnel and um, watch the yep. national anthem Alejandro stand. Villanueva. Yes, he watched the national anthem. Of course, anthem a former during. Army Ranger, so thank you for your service. Yes. so And he um, also was a top-selling jersey this week, so I guess it worked out. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it worked out for him, definitely. So with that... Do you think that it was a bad move by the league to do these protests? Well, before I get answer your question, Dylan, I just wanted to point out that I understand why the players did it, and they're American citizens. We in America, this is one of our the first minute right. We have the right if we're upset with something, we have the right to protest. However, and I understand the players are bringing awareness to 
you know, inequality, racial inequality, and uh, police brutality. I, I get all that. However, let's not forget, guys, when Colin Kaepernick was doing this last year, he was on his own. I mean, he had a few followers, but he was based on his own. And he was getting the heat from the media. Everyone, what are you doing? Disrespecting your flag. Blah, blah. Get this guy out of here. Blah, blah, blah. So, and now Colin Kaepernick can't get a job. Now, in this case, I think the reason why these players react the way they did because of what Trump said. I mean, come on. If you're calling SOBs or this or that, even though it may be a few players that he was probably referring to, of course the league's going to react. And the owners in particular... They, some of these owners like Rob Kraft, the Patriots, or Shaq Khan, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or Jerry Jones, they gave money to Trump's campaign during his election last year. And for them to react the way they did, you know, saying this is about unity and all this, no, this is like hypocritical. Like, okay, you want to broadcast unity in the NFL, but where was this last year when Colin Kaepernick was doing the same thing? Y'all didn't help him out, you left him there to dry. So. And we all knew, uh, Dylan, it was not unity, obviously, because like you mentioned, you had some players kneel, you had some players did the lock arms, and some players just stayed in the locker room. Yeah. Not much unity to me. Yeah, I mean, and, and if you're wanting to be a unified front, if you're wanting to do something to bring the country together, it if you look at Twitter over the past weekend to see some of the tweets that came out, some of the Facebook posts that came out, there were a lot of people upset about the way that these protests happened so i I think the the one of the best demonstrations they had on the field during the games was when the players actually locked arms on the sideline during the national anthem that's unified i think if the league had sent out a memo to all league owners and said look or all team owners said look this sunday or whatever day you're playing sunday or monday we're all going to stay on the sidelines link your arms together we're going to be stand unified as a league I think that would have been much more powerful than what they did this weekend. Like you said, it was three different demonstrations in one. And well, I forgot it, the raising the fist, so that's basically four. Well, or yeah. sitting down. Some players did sit down. Yes, but I know that Roger Goodell is working on that. He said, and the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> they were they they start off Monday Night Football game kneeling before the national anthem. Then they stood during the national anthem, and then after the game, Jerry Jones is like, "Oh, I'm so proud of my players. They did not protest." I'm like, "But you uh, did." What I, are you I talking think, about? I think what he was trying to do is he was trying to make everybody happy by what he did because he yeah. did kneel at the very beginning, right before the national anthem, not during, right before the national anthem. Then during the national anthem, they stood up, locked arms, whatever, blah blah blah, and they, they just wanted to make everybody happy. But you know, I actually came up across this uh, this picture on facebook that that really stuck with me i I think that a lot of the players and things who actually went along with these protests should look at this the world is changed by your example not by your opinion and it has gentlemen helping a woman in a in a uh, wheelchair in the rain and he's holding an umbrella over her as she's as she's riding uh it's you know these protests i hope something is done and which uh, you know listen like you said before, I understand what they're doing this for. I just don't think they went about it the right way. No, I totally agree, Dylan. And we've already seen the artifacts of this uh, protest stuff with everyone going crazy on Twitter, as you mentioned. Fans burning jerseys. Uh, you got, uh, I think an NFL player for the Detroit Lions said his dad couldn't get a contract job because he peacefully protests. Okay, you got in the w- other sports too, the WNBA 
The L.A. Sparks got booed because they were in the locker room and didn't stand near the national anthem. Of course, in hockey, Joel Ward, who I'll talk about a little bit, he was considering kneeling during the national anthem in the NHL. Now he said he's not going to do that. And we've already seen fans get upset. DirecTV, Dylan, they're going to refund fans like $300 if they're that upset. If you're that upset in the NFL, you don't want to watch, we'll refund your money. And down in Baltimore, we got fans threatening to take down Ray Rice's statue. So it's just gone from peaceful to just absolute crazy. Hopefully something happens this weekend to where they fix this, that they they do something different. I, I, I think, again, I'll, I'll reiterate that quote saying that, you know, your actions, you should you should go out there and do something about it instead of just voicing your opinion on Twitter, Facebook, or on the field by doing a, a protest of kneeling or whatever. I mean, it has nothing to do, this protest they had this weekend had nothing to do with what Colin Kaepernick was protesting last year, and it had nothing to do with the national anthem or the flag, in, in my opinion. It didn't. It had everything to do with what Donald Trump said in that press conference. So... Why Why would you do these demonstrations during the National Anthem when it's just one guy you're targeting? You're not targeting, uh, you know, these soldiers who fought for, um, fought for and possibly died for our right to be a free country, our right for freedom of speech in this country. And that's the reason why we stand for the National Anthem. That's why we stand for the flag is, is because we are honoring those soldiers who actually led uh, led us to what we are today who led the united states to what it is today so it hopefully something happens hopefully we come to um some sort of agreement in this country to where we can become unified on some front but i you know i i very hesitant as to what that will be no i definitely agree dylan and just to wrap this up real quick just want to say a little quick piece on twitter what joel what was talking about towards the end he says He's going to do something about this. And he said, I will continue to work with my community to help improve the lives of others. And I intend to partner with groups dedicated to bridging racial inequality and fostering a better relationship between law enforcement and the people of all color. So good for Joel Ward. He's working on that. And of course, at the end, he puts typical because he's worth 42 for the Sharks. So on Jackie Robinson, he put a Jackie Robinson quote in there. It says, I quote, I believe in the goodness of a free society. And I believe that society can remain good only as long as we are willing to fight for it and to fight against whatever imperfections may exist. So since me and Dylan, I think have pretty much made our clear thoughts on that. We will trump that and Ooh, we will move on okay, okay. to what action happened on the field in the NFL. And Dylan, we had some pretty exciting games this week. We did. Um, so my, my, my big upset this week was actually the Jaguars versus the Ravens. Yeah, in, we have to talk about that. That Ravens London. defense killed my fantasy team. Killed them. I, I mean, in the Jaguars just ran up the score. It was forty-four to seven. It, it was a bloodbath for the Ravens. Um, how does Joe Flacco come out of this with any positives on on Sunday? Well, I don't know. He didn't have such a good day, and he got benched. He got benched in the game, and Joe Flacco is going to have to pick it up. For this week, because the Ravens, they will be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a huge game. He's going to have to play much better than he did across the pond. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. What was your upset uh, upset game of the week this past week? My upset game of the week in the NFL was the Buffalo Bills defeating the Denver Broncos. I watched this game on Sunday, and the Bills just took it to the Broncos. Uh, Tyrod Taylor had two touchdowns, and... 
they intercepted the, the Trevor Simeon's passes towards the end of the game. Uh, and Trevor Simeon had two picks, and they really struggled. So the Bills' defense stood up, and now they're 2-1. and one. Uh, The Bills, I'm not sure. I think the Bills, did they have a bye week this week? I'm just double. No, they play the Falcons this week. So this will be a real test for the Bills being on the road, see how they're going to do. I'm sure our manager Dave is very happy about the Bills picking up the season so well. I'm sure. Another big game that was there this past weekend was the Minnesota Vikings versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We thought the Buccaneers were actually going to be a lot better team than they were, and obviously they were not. Um, Case Keenum went off in that game, throwing sure for did. more than 300 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he was killing it in that game, um, and that was one of the other big games in the league. The Jets upsetting the Dolphins, that, was, that surprised me. I was not expecting that, but the defense just stuffed Jay Cutler. Yeah. Couldn't get nothing going. And then the Patriots, they had a, a really a battle on their fans with the Texans. Deshaun Watson did pretty good in that game. He did. He did. And, and actually, they won by a field goal. So, I mean, that that's that's a huge game for the Speaking Patriots. Speaking of Texans. field goals, though, did you see the Eagles-Giants game? Yes. The kicker, 61-yard field goal, man. Wow. Yeah, and also... Uh, Elliott. Wow. Yeah, Carson Wentz said that he would, he would donate his check for that game to the kicker's uh, charity of choice, and he did. And they actually did the numbers on it. It was roughly thirty thousand uh, dollars was that check. So that charity, whoever he's going to pick, is actually going to get a pretty hefty paycheck for the week. Yeah, and then the Bengals. Wow, they had that game against the Packers. They were up like twenty-one to seven, and then the Packers came back, tied the game, and then it went to OT, and then the Packers just took it from there. And Rodgers, another comeback, just like Tom Brady did. And what about the Titans, too? The Titans yes, played the, the Titans. Seattle Seahawks. They killed the Seattle Seahawks up until the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter got kind of close, which was kind of scary. But, I mean, the, the Titans looked really, really good. DeMarco, DeMarco Murray, Murray yeah. looked really, really right, good in yards. that game. Mm-hmm. He looked very, very good in that game. I was concerned, though, because Richard Sherman almost took Marcus Mariota and caused a fight. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's awful. Um, but, you know, some of the stats from there, um, one of the biggest stats, through three weeks, the Titans are one of only four teams with zero fumbles and zero fumbles lost this season, and they only have one turnover this season. Um, and also, Marcus Mariota has thrown at least two touchdowns in 17 of, the, of his first 30 games. Since 1970, only two quarterbacks, Dan Marino and Kurt Warner, had more in, in their first 30 games. That's phenomenal. So Marcus Mario is looking fantastic this season. Um, the team itself is looking fantastic this season. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that our defense would look as good as it has so far. Um, and also, I mean, our, our offense protects the ball. That's the biggest thing. We, we drain the clock. We protect the ball. And um, we've been doing very good on both both fronts. Um, our special teams also with the Dory Jackson, uh, it stepped up. Um, so I think the Dory Jackson will break one open soon. I don't know when, but I think it's it's happening. It's 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 getting there. So it's a uh, long overdue. So now moving on to the NFL this week. Um, what are some big games you're looking at this week, JT? Of course, the big game is tonight, Dylan, between the Bears and the Packers. So that's going to be a big one. Aaron Rodgers, he's on a tear right now. Six touchdowns this season. He's doing pretty well. Our Texans will play the Titans. Our Texans, I'm sorry. The Your Titans Texans. <laughs> will play Dylan's Texans, the other yeah. Dylan. Yes. So they will play them uh, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Of course, we have another game in London this week, the Saints and the Dolphins. That will be at 9.30 in the morning. And then, of course, 
the Vikings and the Lions. That's going to be a very interesting game. Especially the Lions. They lost the heartbreaker yeah. towards the end of that game. They thought it had a touchdown. The ref said, nope. You guys had your knee down before the ball crossed the plane, and we got a 10-second runoff. Wow. Yeah. So, hoping the Lions will get a chance to redeem themselves in that one this week against the Vikings, Panthers, and Patriots. Of course, I mentioned this to the Ravens already. Um, and then I think one interesting game to keep an eye on, of course, it's the Redskins and the Chiefs. Redskins coming in 2-1. Kirk Cousins looking good. Five touchdowns so far this season. And, of course, the Chiefs with Alex Smith looking good as well. 3-0. Chiefs looking good. Yeah. I think the Raiders and Broncos is the game to look out for this weekend. Um, both teams are looking fantastic. Raiders, um, Derek Carr looks like he's picked it up from last season. Although Amari Cooper is not playing at the level he was playing last year, I think that he'll start to get into his own again um, within the next few weeks. And the Broncos, after last week, who knows about that defense? That defense has not been playing that that well. They didn't, they didn't play that well last week. So hopefully they get back into their own. Von Miller gets back into his own. And um, something happens in that game. But I think that game is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a 425 kickoff. Um there in Denver. So definitely keep an eye on that one. So now moving on to college football, let's recap what happened in week four. Um, so my upset game that I picked last week was Florida was versus Vanderbilt Kentucky. not upsetting Alabama yeah. and Alabama pretty much rolled all over dominated. The, the Commodores. Dominated. 59 nothing. Wow. Yeah, dominated. Um, so I, I picked Kentucky over Florida. Yes. That didn't happen. Don't feel bad. I put Arizona over Utah, and that didn't happen either. Yeah, but I, I am one and one. I believe you're zero and I'm two. I'm two right now. Not in looking upsets. good. Um, so hopefully this week you'll redeem yourself. Yes. But um, some other games that happened this weekend: um, USC versus California uh, versus California versus Cal. Um, yeah, USC. They were down by 17, and they yeah. came back uh, to win that game. Penn State and Iowa. Wow, that game was crazy. Killer game. And then Penn State with a walk off touchdown in the end. Trace McShortley, man, he's looking really good for Penn State right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he is. They're in number four in the country right now, so Penn State, they, they could maybe make a run in the playoffs. Oklahoma getting a scare from Baylor. I mean, I know Baylor's on four right now, but Baylor, the freshmen, all those freshmen they have on offense, they finally are stepping it up to get Oakland and Oklahoma run for their money. So Oklahoma squeaked by in that game. Of course, TCU being Oklahoma State, that was pretty good on the road for them. And the Battle of the Bulldogs, it was not much. Georgia pretty much easily won that game. NC State beating Florida State. Florida State's now 0-2. Yeah, yeah. Um, another game, San Diego State, actually. They're continuing their winning ways, 28-24 against Air Force. Um, another big game that I saw that was a complete blowout that I didn't think it was going to be, Auburn versus Missouri. It was 51-14 to in that game. Um, killer. Auburn did a great job in that game. Notre Dame beating Michigan State, um, 38-18. Washington just bulldozing Colorado. I thought that was going to be a close game. Me too. Didn't turn into one. It was 37-10 to 10 against Colorado. So those are some of the games that happened this past weekend. Moving on to games that are happening this weekend. Uh, JT, what are two games you're keeping your eye on this week? Well, the two games I keep my eye on this week, obviously, is Oklahoma State against Texas Tech and Miami, the Hurricanes, against Duke. That will be tomorrow uh, Miami, I know they're 2-0, and but they haven't played a couple weeks because with all the hurricanes going on through this area. So they might be a little rusty going on against Duke. Duke's 4-0. They're at home. Daniel Jones, he's been wrecking it so far this season with five touchdowns. Uh, Mark Watson, of course, is the running back for the Miami Hurricanes. So it's going to be close to the experts' stinks. But 
That's definitely one game to keep an eye out for, for sure. All right. Well, uh, two games I'm keeping an eye on this week. Georgia and Tennessee. Now, I actually listened to a commentator this week that actually put this very, very well. Tennessee plays to the level of their competition. So, we, we see games like last week with UMass. We saw that game and we said, oh, Tennessee's going to just you know jump all over them. They're going to win by 60 points, whatever. But it didn't turn out that way. It turned out to be a very, very close game. But Tennessee loves to keep games close, um, even with non-quality opponents. But with with Georgia, um, I think that Tennessee will play well again. I think that Tennessee will keep up with Georgia that entire game. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to go into a you know a hail mary touchdown like it did last year where we won, but it's going to be a close game again. Um, I don't know if we can have that same sort of magic we did last year, but that'll be an interesting game. Interesting game to watch. Another interesting game to watch will probably be Mississippi State and Auburn. I'd love to see if Mississippi State can rebound from last week and uh, play against an Auburn team that is riding high right now. Like I said, winning 51 to 10, uh, 51 to 14 last week. So. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Mississippi State can re- rebound from last week's loss. Um, and now to our upset games of the week. My upset game, I'm actually looking at Clemson versus Virginia Tech. Uh-oh, the Hokies. And need I say it, I think that the Virginia Tech Hokies might take over and beat the Clemson Tigers. So that's my upset game of the week. You heard it here first. JT, what is your upset game of the week? The upset game I'm picking on is USC they will be taking on the Washington State Cougars. This will be a Friday night game at 10.30 Eastern on ESPN. It's an upset game I'm picking because USC, yes, they came back from 17 to beat Cal last week, but they have not looked good. At USC, they've done good the first three quarters of the game, but they have not done well in the fourth quarter. And Washington State, okay, I know they played some cupcakes. That's the only reason why Luke Falk has like 14 touchdowns right now, okay? Yeah. But, but Washington State, Mike Leach, that guy's crazy, and he's going to come up with some crazy plays, trick creation plays, that's going to slow the USC uh, defense and drive them fits. So I really think, Dylan, I know USC's list is a four-and-a-half uh, favorite, but I really think the Cougars, they can upset USC. All right, sounds good. Now moving on to basketball news. JT, let's talk about this um, FBI and college basketball thing. What's going on there? Yes, Dylan. So the breaking news yesterday that happened in college basketball that pretty much shook up the college basketball world is basically you had um, these advisors and, and coaches in these programs, these top pro- some of the top programs like Auburn, USC, Arizona, these assistant coaches take bribes from these companies and they're giving it to uh, these high school kids, basically from low income, to recruit them to go to their school. And... The FBI was cracked down on them heavily yesterday, and it's not looking good. We've seen the effects of Arizona, Auburn, Miami, Oklahoma State, USC, and look what happened at Louisville. Their coach, Rick Pitino, he's now out, and their AD, Tom Jerk, he's out as well. So, wow, it was a big news in college basketball world yesterday, and I think, Dylan, it's just an issue because, look... It's hard to tell an athlete, go to school, get your education, all that, and you get all your stuff paid for, but you're barely getting food on the table or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can't work another job because you have to practice so much and go to school and all that. And it's the NCAA, come on, they're making money. Louisville, all these schools are making money. It ain't Hand like, over fist. I, I know, right? So 
NCAA, I know they're trying to fight this paid athlete stuff, but come on, man. You, you, I think they're going to have to get a stipend or something. How do you expect these kids to make a living? They have to. I mean, you know, at a certain point, like you said, that they're they're practicing hours every day. They are going to class. They're expected to get this high GPA in their classes. They have no other time to get a side job. They don't have time to go out there and get extra money. They are playing... I mean, they do say, you know, look, that we are paying them. We're giving them a a um, scholarship to go to school, which I get that. I completely understand that. But at the same time, I mean, there are kids out there with scholarships who still have time to go out and get a side job to where they can get extra money. So, I mean, if these players don't have the opportunity to, then all they're doing is living off the food that's at their, at their campus. They're living off of that, and they don't have money to actually buy things outside of school. So in that situation, I think there should be something with the NCAA um, where they create a pool of money. They create a an account for players and they have stipulations on that account. So let's say uh, you're a player that goes to school, gets a scholarship to go play basketball. If you complete four years of college, if you complete your degree at the very end of your tenure there at that college, then you will get money from playing in a professional, from playing a a college sport. I mean, things like that, I think it would be beneficial. I think that you would get highly educated athletes coming out of college to where at the very end, if they, you know, aren't able to play basketball anymore or football anymore, or they retire from the league, then they actually have something to back a, a backup plan to where they can go use their degree somewhere else. I think it's a great idea. Um, And then they also get a stipend at the very end, too. Um, And I I think something along those lines, I think the league needs to definitely look at, NCAA needs to look at. And I think that we'll probably look more into it in the next next few years. But this topic has not, is not a new thing. It's been going on for a while. Since I've been in college, this conversation has been happening. So hopefully something happens with this conversation within the next few years. Definitely, Dylan. All right, on to some WNBA Finals update. That series is currently tied 1-1. They had a game the other night between the Minnesota Lynx and the L.A. Sparks. Lindsey Wellen helped lead the Lynx over with 14 points carried towards the end to get a late victory, 70-68. So that series is tied 1-1. Game 3 will be tomorrow night in L.A. Uh, Of course, over the weekend, guys, there was a big trade in the NBA as the New York Knicks... They have finally traded Carmelo Anthony to not Houston, not Cleveland, but Oklahoma City. Yeah, which is very strange because Carmelo was actually expecting to be traded to the Houston Rockets. However, he was traded to a team that we didn't even think about. Exactly. Oklahoma City going in there, grabbing uh, Carmelo, and it creates... A new big three um, with Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. So do you think that they will be able to disrupt things in the West? I certainly think so, Dylan. I think the Oklahoma City Thunder with Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, they're going to give teams like, I mean, my Spurs, unfortunately, trouble. The Houston Rockets are definitely going to have some trouble. And I think that for finally, the Golden State Warriors will have a challenger in the playoffs next year. Uh, the Thunder, wow. With Carmelo, I think he's going to be a difference to help push up. Especially for Russell Westbrook. He must be happy. Last season, he had to carry a team basically by himself. Now he can be Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. Hello. 
Yeah, that's I a may lot. not be going to L.A. after all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, moving on to uh, Dwayne Wade. He actually got mo- uh, teamed up with LeBron James in Cleveland. Yep, he got bought out from his contract with the Bulls, so now he, he's teaming up with LeBron again in Cleveland. And so it's a one it's a one year deal, correct? Yes, it's a one year contract to reunite with LeBron James for two point three million dollars. And uh, Wade, I think his relationship with LeBron. I mean, you know, they've been friends for a long time, so. It's not surprising that they're teaming up again. And LeBron, I mean, Cleveland's got a good team now. You got rid of Kyrie, but you got uh, Crawford, Isaiah Thomas, and now you got Car- uh, Dwayne Wade there now. So Cleveland's going to be a force to be reckoned with once again. LeBron James, I mean, let's face it, he's only a one-year deal. If LeBron leaves, well, let's say he goes to L.A., I'm sure Dwayne Wade would probably follow him there. I'm so. sure that Carmelo would probably follow him there as well. So, I mean, there are other players that are going to. Do you think that with... Dwayne Wade and LeBron James being in Cleveland already, and they could just bring in other players they'd like to bring in. Do you think that he just stays in Cleveland now, or do you think he actually does make the move to Los Angeles? I would say it's a possibility for right now, but as as of right now, let's see how the season goes first. Okay. Before we figure out how it's going to go. But I know in Dwayne Wade's case, he's been saying, and I quote, I look forward to reuniting and playing alongside my brother, LeBron James. We're already won two championships together in Miami. And I hope we can win a third here. And I think that Dwayne Wade will follow him like a puppy dog wherever he goes. If he stays in Cleveland, great. If not, if he goes to Los Angeles, Dwayne Wade will be there too. I think it's a package deal now that that Dwayne Wade is there in Cleveland. So, I mean, if you're getting LeBron, hey, guess what? Dwayne's coming with him as well. So, um, hopefully you have the money for that. So, moving on to NHL news. The Vegas Golden Knights play their first preseason game at T-Mobile Arena. They lost 3-2 to in OT. Um, to the L.A. Kings mm-hmm. as well. <clears throat> yeah, it was a very close game, but the uh, L.A. Kings, you know, kept it close, and, you know, they, they have more experience on their team, obviously. So the Golden Knights, you know, they're learning through the ropes. It's preseason. Give them time. Not being people expecting out of them, but the crazy thing is they have, like, 11 defensemen on their team right now, and there's no way they're going to keep all of them through the season, so they're going to have to trade some of them like Lucas Biesa and some other players. So uh, Josh, I think Garrison, he was with the Panthers. So they're going to have to make some moves with him. But the Vegas Golden Knights do have another chance to redeem themselves. They'll be at home tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. So another opportunity for them to redeem themselves, and we'll see. But they'll, they'll be a fun team to watch yeah. in the regular season. Yeah, uh, and also the Sabres claim Jordan Nolan off of waivers from the Los Angeles Kings, and he is the son of former coach Ted Nolan. Yeah, he was let go on waivers by the uh, L.A. Kings because that's where he was playing before. Um, this is his sixth season in the league, and Ted Nolan, he, he's been uh, – I'm sorry, not Ted Nolan. That's uh, Jordan Nolan, excuse me. Uh, he was with the Kings. You know, he's 28 years old. He was part of the teams that won the Cup for them in 2012 and 2014. So he's a veteran player. He's had 20 goals, 22 assists in his career. So I think it's a good pickup for the Buffalo Sabres. Very good. Um, and also tonight, the National Predators are playing the Columbus Blue Jackets at home. Um, the game, as it stands right now, is 1-1. Uh, Scott Hartnell had the lone goal from the National Predators, so look at that. Anyway, um, moving on to the NHL games in China. They were a moderate success in Shanghai and Beijing. you have any numbers from those games, JT? Uh, for the attendance that was listed, they played two games in China. It was both between the same teams, the LA Kings and the Vancouver Canucks. So the first game was in Shanghai, 
and that game they averaged like over 10,000 fans. It's in a big arena though, so uh, because it's in the same arena where I believe the KHL, because the KHL in Russia has a hockey league team in China. I believe it's Kulan Red Stars, I believe is the team name. Okay. So the, China, it's the, the sport's new. I know we talked last week about the sport being global and stuff in the NHL, but in Asia, it's new. That's why with the Olympics in Korea next year, Japan, well, that's the summer Olympics. But 2022 is when the next winner will be in Beijing. So that's when the NHL is kind of testing the waters to see if they can promote the game there. And I believe we might have a few players in the NHL that are Chinese descent. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there are some prospects in the minor leagues that are going through the systems in the in the AHL NHL systems. And of course, the second game was in um, Beijing. That game averaged twelve thousand fans, but the, the crowd was a little sparse because it's a bigger arena. So. Like I said, that the games, the NHL just wanted to test the water. So moderate success, but they're looking at, you know, maybe doing some preseason games down, just grow the brand there, get people to know about it. And then I know they're not going to Korea in 2018, but maybe 2022 might still be a possibility for the NHL. So we'll have to keep our eye out on that, Dylan. All right. And now it's time for JT's football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours. All right, guys. So I'm just going to recap some soccer action this past weekend. So MLS had like two big weeks this week. So one noble matches, the Columbus crew on the 24th beating the New York Red Bulls 3-2. Of course, you had Sporting Kansas City beat the LA Galaxy 2-1. Atlanta United beat Montreal Impact 2-0. So they're moving up the standings. And for SC Dallas, they lost to Minnesota United. So now they were going into last night's games on a 10-game winless streak. So we had some games last night. Uh, we had... New York Red Bulls and DC United getting a draw, so New York Red Bulls are still winless. And then, of course, you had Atlanta United getting another win, 3-0 victory over the Philadelphia Union. And Toronto FC still trying to hang on to that top spot in the Eastern Conference. All right, Dylan, let's talk about the Orlando Pride. The Orlando Pride, Dylan, they had a game this past weekend against the Portland Thorns, and it was a nil-nil draw. But the other results went our way because the Seattle Rain lost their, la- their their game. So that meant that the Orlando Pride have now officially clinched a playoff spot. So we're in the NWSL playoffs. Uh, we were most likely playing in North Carolina Courage because they clinched the league title this year. So that's the team we're most likely going to play. And remember, Dylan, this is huge. we got one more game left. We played North Carolina Courage this weekend, but it's not going to matter. It's pretty much a test-up game because we're probably playing that game team again in the playoffs the following week. So very exciting news for that. So one team from Orlando, the Pride made the playoffs. The team that still has a slim chance but most likely will not make the playoffs <laughs> is Orlando City SC. Now, surprise, Orlando surprise. City SC, the Lions, they had two games this week. They played the Portland Timbers on the road uh, this past Sunday, and they got the doors blown off, losing 3-0 on the road. So they came back last night, and they played – against the New England Revolution. And wow, Dylan, they really took it to New England last night. New England had a player sent off, so they were down to 10 men. Legula Xavier Kowasi got sent off for the 11th minute. So Orlando City just took advantage. Antonio Nocerino, he got his first goal as a Lion. So congrats on that. Uh, your boy, Dylan Kaka. Kaka. He's got two goals in that game last night. And Dom Dwyer got a goal. And Yoshimir Yotan, he got a goal late in the 90th minute. So Orlando City, they got a 6-1 victory. We got three games left, Dylan. FC Dallas, Columbus, and Philadelphia. 
at the end of October. So we win those games. And we get some help, we might make the playoffs. But realistically, and I don't see Atlanta, Montreal slipping in the standing. So, yeah. not looking good, Dylan. All right, Dylan, let's talk about some soccer news. So, we had the UEFA Champions League that happened this week. And just to give you some notable matches that happened within the past week, uh, we had Manchester City being shocked to the Nets 2-0. We had Real Madrid beating Borussia Dortmund 3-1. to Liverpool and Spartak Moscow got a 1-1 draw. And the games that happened yesterday, Manchester United beat Seske Moscow 4-1. to PSG, Neymar got a goal. Cavani got a goal to beat Bayern Munich 3-0. That pretty much cost Carlo Ancelotti his job because he got sacked this morning by Bayern Munich. So they're off to a good start. And Chelsea defeated Atletico Madrid 2-1. Juventus beat Olympiacos 2-0. All right, Dylan. Just a quick update on Europa League. The only gash you really got to know what happened out of that was Arsenal beating Batsy Burasov 2 I'm sorry, 4-2, excuse me. All right, Dylan. Just a quick update on what's going on in the U.S. Soccer Federation. As I mentioned last week, of course, they had their antitrust lawsuit dealing with the NASL, so they got that going on. But they also have the U.S. Women's National Team. They got two friendlies coming up against South Korea, but they're going to be playing on turf. So U.S. Women's National Team players, they're not very happy with the Federation on that, so they got that to deal with. Of course, Sunil Galati, who is the current president, he's going to get some competition um, as he's going to get some competition in the election race for next year for the presidential election race. So he's going to get some competition there. So, And, of course, remember, Dylan, the U.S. men's national team next week, World Cup qualifiers. we got Panama and Trinidad and Tobago the week after. U.S. is pretty simple. We're next games. We're in. But if we slip up, Dylan, we're going to need help. And we have to go to the playoffs and we don't make the World Cup, Dylan, in Russia next year, it's going to look really, really bad on the U.S. Soccer Federation. Now, just a quick update on what's going on in Nashville, Dylan. They announced... Uh, Mayor Barry, who's the mayor there, she announced that they have reached a financing deal with John Ingram and the city for the fairgrounds where they're going to build their stadium. Mm -hmm. So they reached a financial plan. They're going to announce it on Monday for your favorite soccer team, Nashville SC. Nice. So we'll keep you updated on that. All right, guys. Let me give you some games to watch this weekend. Of course, we got uh, Toronto FC against New York Red Bulls. New York Red Bulls trying to keep themselves ahead on that final playoff line in the Eastern Conference. Toronto FC trying to snap out their funk right now. Of course, Orlando City, we got a big game this week against FC Dallas. I mentioned that. You can catch that at 4 p.m. on Unimas. Chicago Fire, New York City FC is another game to keep an eye on. And one game I will mention, of course, the New York Cosmos, they're going to take on Puerto Rico FC. The reason why I brought this up, guys, because Puerto Rico FC, as I mentioned, they haven't played a game in two weeks because all the hurricanes blowing in the area. This will be their first game. And the Cosmos, they're doing a good thing, Dylan. They announced that for the rest of the season, all their home games, 50% off ticket sales will go to Puerto Rico Hurricane Relief. So they're donating all their money that they get from their ticket sales, or not all of it, but 50% of it, yeah. to that. So Look that's that. a very nice gesture to help Puerto Rico FC. They're not going to be able to play most likely in their home stadium the rest of the season, hmm. so they'll have to play stateside. But very good that they're helping them out. Yeah. And that will conclude, guys. My football recap of the week. But don't forget, guys, tomorrow it's FIFA Day as FIFA 18 comes out tomorrow. So excited. Look at that. Um, also, question for you, JT, uh, on Orlando City. If they don't make the playoffs this year, do you think Jason Christ's job is at risk? Do you think he's on the hot seat? It kind of depends on what the owners want to do, our Brazilian owners. I personally think he will be on the hot seat, and it just depends on what's available on uh, Dier Machamps, uh, if he doesn't, if, if France don't make the World Cup, he could be available. 
Uh, of course, we got Giovanni Seth Reese for the Cosmos. You got Marco DeSantis, who I would like to see in MLS. He's with the SF Deltas right now, but I'd love to see him come to Orlando City if he gets the opportunity. And there'll still be a handful of coaches in MLS that we can get as well. So, Jason Christ, it just depends on what's available. If there's no one available that Orlando City wants, I think I can see him staying on. But we go off to a rough start next season, he's out the door. But if they have someone better that's available, they'll let him go, and they'll get that guy. All right. Because Orlando City has to make the playoffs next year if we don't make it this year. we got to make it, Dylan. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on to baseball and miscellaneous news. The MLB season is almost over, and two big pieces of news are coming out now. Uh, the Minnesota Twins clinched the wild card spot, and the Chicago Cubs win back-to-back Central Division titles. With that win, with that title clinch, do you think that the Chicago Cubs will go back to the World Series this year? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey. I, look, the Cubs, they, they had a great season. They they struggled early on with that World Series hangover. They bounced back, and I know they're doing really well right now. But the National League right now to me, it's I'm thinking either the the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, or the Nationals are like the three favorites coming out of the National League. Especially the Nationals, they've done so well wrecking it. And I think uh, Bryce Harper is going to carry that team over the hump. And the Nationals, I think, could make it out of the National League. You can't get the Diamondbacks out. And, of course, in the American League, Dylan, the Red Sox and Yankees are battling out. But I think both of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Um the Indians are in, but they're the favorites. And then don't count out the Astros, Dylan. My Astros, man. Uh, Justin Verlander, I know the Astros are cruising in the AL West, but I think they could make some noise in the American League West this, or the playoffs this year. Uh, so we're almost there, Dylan, in the playoffs in baseball. All right. And also Deshaun Watson is going to be giving his his first check to Houston, to workers, actually, it's to the Texans, Texans workers. Yep. Um, to help them out. Which is a very, a very awesome thing to do. Um, it's great to see these players um, coming around to these areas, like the, in the Texas and in Houston, um, the areas they were hit hardest by um, the hurricanes that have devastated several areas um, over the past few weeks. Um, it's great to see these players rallying around that. So now on to my fantasy corner. Um, I have three questions this week, and I think they're mostly running back questions. Let's go for the first one. The first one is, someone just offered me this, Mike Evans um, for Carlos Hyde and Michael Crabtree. I receive Evans. Standard league with four-point milestones when players hit 100, 150, and 200 yards. My running backs are Zeke Elliott, um, Le'Veon Bell, Carlos Hyde, Joe Mixon, and Jonathan Stewart. And my wide receivers are uh, Tyreek Hill, Michael Crabtree, Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Hogan, and uh, Funchess. Thoughts? Um, My thought is that you should do it. I think that you have a lot of depth um, with your running backs and Mike Evans is a top five wide receiver if not a top 10 wide receiver so I think that um, he's definitely a player you should be targeting so I would definitely go with that trade now moving on to our next one um, hurting back uh, hurting bad with running backs help I lost David Johnson week one now losing Forte for who knows how long I have Kareem Hunt and Frank Gore left healthy 12 team standard league with only five bench spots I'll need to pick somebody up, but not much out there. Chris Johnson, Wendell Smallwood, Dante Foreman, Gio Bernard, or Jamal Charles. Who should I pick up and who should I drop, Forte or David Johnson? Um, first part of the question, I think you should pick up Wendell Smallwood. He's in Philadelphia. I think he's going to be a good sh- uh, good choice um, in that Philadelphia offense. And I would drop Matt Forte 
before you drop David Johnson. Just in case David Johnson decides to come back, I think that would be a better shot. Um, and last question is, number one waiver pick this week, need best option. Um, available players are Devin Funches, Brandon Coleman, Travis Benjamin, Wendell Smallwood, or Duke Johnson Jr., or Alvin Kamara. I would say Kamara, but I think it's going to be more of a Mark Ingram kind of thing. He needs one year in the system, and then next year he'll be better. So wait for Alvin Kamara for next year. But I would probably go with Wendell Smallwood in this situation as well. He's just going to be the better. He's going to be the better running back um, of all those options. So there you have it. That's my fantasy corner of the week, and we will and answer all your questions next week. So now on to Uncle Bobby's scam alert. He's on the phone with us this afternoon, this evening. Again, um, Uncle Bobby, you haven't been in the studio like the past three years. What's going on? It's not my fault. It's your fault with your scheduling. Sorry about that. <laughs> I know you're a busy man because you have a girlfriend and you have a dog to worry about. True. You know, you have to worry about your stomach recovering from from the barbecue that was Tuesday, you know. So in my <laughs> case, I'm a single man. I have a life. I get excited all the time. So, you know. If you ain't ready when I'm ready, I'm hitting the road, man. I got things to do, you know? No, I got you. I got you. Well, I'm glad you're at least on the phone with us. That's great. Um, so let's uh, do your scam alert for the week. Okay, so this continues to be the NFL. Um, don't know if you heard or if you covered, but the um, Aaron Hernandez donated his uh, brain uh, for the CTE study, and when they did the autopsy, they found major, major damage for uh, a player of his age uh, for the amount of years he played. Um, the family is suing the league and the new england for the uh the damage uh don't know what will come out of that um i still keep saying they ought to do something with the with tackle uh they're talking about trying to cut back on the ages for when they can actually start playing tackle football at like 12 i believe it is and we have to go higher than that uh the nfl should just cut back tackles so only during games not during practice um and i think if any player does a helmet hit um, that it should be on max suspension, uh, multiple games with a major fine. And I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I don't know how you all feel about it. But, uh, like I said, Aaron Hernandez, uh, major damage for uh, a young man with his age of the CTE stuff. Yeah, it's sad to see that, that that's happened. And, you know, it might be the reason why he did some of the things he did in his life after he was off the football field or maybe even while during he was on the football field. Uh, JT, what are your thoughts on this subject? No, I heard about that, and it's just so sad. And you know, the, the NFL is going to have to do something with all these hits and everything. And we know with CTE, it's a big deal, and it's freaking a lot of the players out. And that's why I think a lot of players are leaving early, retiring early, just because they've seen what happened. And you know, the NFL. I know they're saying they're trying to work on designing these helmets and stuff, but it's not enough. So, yeah, Bob, I'm with you on that one. They're going to have to figure out something. Yeah, um, so now yeah. on to our winners and losers of the week. Uncle Bobby, I'll start with you first. Okay, so my winner is Chris Long, who is the son of the Hall of Famer from the Oakland and L.A. Raiders, Howie Long. Um, he played at Virginia, and um, after all the big uproar with the Confederacy and want to remove statues and all that, he, he couldn't stand for that. So basically him and his wife uh, came up with a scholarship uh, at the school, and it's going to benefit a lot of people. Um, and I'm glad to see that uh, he's taking part in his community that he actually played football at. He's not trying to run from it. So my winner is uh, Chris Long. Okay, and your loser. Okay, loser would be, I don't know if you saw the story about the Yankee fan. Uh, basically, uh, Gary Sanchez was, was up at the batter's box, and um, 
the fan was behind home plate calling out in Spanish outside, screaming outside in Spanish, thinking Gary would maybe hear him to know that that's where the ball was going to be going. And the umpire was hearing it, and he stopped play, walked back, got uh, security to go get the guy, called him down and said, you're ejected for what you've been doing. And uh, the uh, Yankee coach uh, agreed with him, and so did the GM. So uh, my loser is that fan who thought he was trying to help out the player. And Gary Sanchez had never helped him at all, but uh, it's just funny to see that go down. I never ever heard of that before. All right, JT, on to you, sir. All right, guys. So my winner this week is not only uh, is uh, Dr. Napoleon Chopra. Uh, he's a guy who I follow on Twitter. So follow him at Napoleon Chopra seven. But he's basically uh, does PhD stuff for biology, and he also covers the Indy Eleven for sock takes. Um, he started a campaign a few weeks ago after everything's been going on in Puerto Rico, uh, raising a GoFundMe account to donate money. Uh, for the Puerto Rico FC staff, which is Puerto Rico FC, a soccer club based in Bayamon, Puerto Rico. And they haven't played a game in two weeks because of the storms that have been going through the area. So he wanted to raise money to help the team get through the season because now after all the aftermath from Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rico FC, they're not going to be able to play the home stadium probably for the rest of their season in the NESL and will have to play stateside. So he raised $10,000. Uh, I did help contribute some money to his campaign and just want to congratulate him on reaching his goal. And, of course, everyone's been helping out with Puerto Rico. Carmelo Anthony, J-Lo, Mark Anthony. So a lot of people have been helping out. So thanks for everyone who's been helping out so far. My loser this week is going to be pro football in Los Angeles. With both the Rams and the Chargers, they've had about two home games so far in their state respective stadiums. And for the Rams, they can't get nobody to come out there at the U.S. Memorial Stadium. It looks like the stadium's like half full. There's no one showing up. And for the Chargers, they can't sell a soccer stadium, Bob. They can't even sell a soccer stadium right now. So I'm like, if you can't sell a soccer stadium, how in the world when that stadium gets built in Inglewatts, as Bob calls it, <laughs> how are they going to sell a 70,000-seat stadium? Okay? We just had the, the two games at home for the Chargers this past week. And then, of course, the Rams. And we had college football between Texas and USC. You want to know the combined tents for both the Rams and the Chargers two weeks ago? It was around 81,000 fans. For USC and the Texas game that happened like two weeks ago, that was around 85,000 fans. If the NFL can't outdraw college football in Los Angeles, we got a problem. I agree. And he slams down his piece of paper. <laughs> that was a hot take right there, JT. Hot take. Right off the oven. Anyway, um, so my winner this week is going to be Macon, Georgia, the city of Macon, Georgia, because they have a brand new baseball team there, minor league baseball team, and they probably have the best name in minor league baseball, and that name is the Macon Bacon. I absolutely love it. Um, it's a fantastic name. I think the city is going to definitely rally around it. There are some haters on fa- on Twitter, however, saying that they're just – it's a name that will let people think that Macon is just made up of a bunch of rednecks, but it's not. Um, I don't think that name symbolizes that at all. I think it's a great name. Macon Bacon is fantastic. And my loser this week, there's two losers actually. First of all, the NFL for the way they handled everything that happened last weekend like we talked about earlier in the podcast. And my second loser this week is actually the city of Louisville because Rick Pitino uh, getting out of there and uh, getting fired. So... 
They no longer have a quality basketball coach there in Louisville, so they're going to be in trouble this year um, when the March Madness tournament comes around, if they even make the March Madness tournament now. So those are my winners and losers. Now on to final thoughts. JT, I'll go with you first. Well, my final thought's going to be, guys, about football and football joining forces. As you probably heard earlier this month, Tottenham Hotspur announced that they're going to build, well, they're already building right now, but it's going to become a, a soccer stadium that can host both the Premier League and NFL football games. And it's going to be the first stadium to have a retractable pitch. So you're going to have a soccer field, and it can also turn into an NFL football field as well. Uh, the stadium's going to have around 61,000-fire-seater stadium, and it's going to be done hopefully by the 2018-2019 season. And it's going to be pretty cool because not only are going to host NFL and Premier League games, but you're also going to have concerts and other events. And they're going to have like separate locker rooms like for soccer and the NFL. And the NFL's already signed a 10-year contract with that stadium. So they're going to play hopefully a doubleheader between Premier League soccer and the NFL. And it could also be a potential home for an NFL team if an NFL team decides to move there. Most likely, maybe the Jaguars, since they're the ones to be playing most of their games there. So it's going to be interesting to follow, but it's kind of cool that we have two sports of football joining forces, and we'll see how it goes for the benefit of the games in the long run. Awesome. Uncle Bobby, your turn, sir. Okay, so you said the name is the Macon Bacon, is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, so I guess there's two things that won't happen there. They won't have a pita night, and they won't have a vegan night, right? <laughs> <laughs> just guessing. I don't know if they that's won't. true or not, but I'm just wondering, you know? So. Um, uh, I, I have a feeling a lot of vegans and vegetarians will not be showing up to their baseball games this season. That's it. Okay, so my final thought would uh, definitely be about the hurricane um, and what it did to uh, Puerto Rico and all the other countries, but mainly Puerto Rico because they do have a uh, – you know, kind of a loyal baseball following down there, and a lot of players do come from there, uh, from Latin America itself and from the, those uh, countries. So I just uh, hopefully uh, hope that uh, from the photos I've seen before, you know, their stadiums aren't, you know, of course, up to par as, let's say, Major League and stuff, but they do as best they can. So I just hope that uh, they recover quickly and they, they'll, they'll be able to start playing again. I think probably Winter League is when they start. So hopefully they'll be able to start playing and uh, be able to produce some uh, great ball players out of there. Alrighty. Well, uh, my final thought goes out to the NFL and all the players out there who are wanting to uh, protest about words that Donald Trump said, things like that, or um, racism in this country, um, other things as well, social activism and things. Um, I have one phrase to tell you, and this phrase is, you can say as many words as you want, but actions always speak louder than words. So therefore... Do something different than what you're doing. I, th- I think that what you're doing, I-, I understand what you're doing. I understand the premise behind it, but you can't keep doing these same things and expect different results. And we saw from last year with Colin Kaepernick, he actually did put money where his mouth was um, and definitely donated to these charities and donated to other organizations. So do something different than what you're doing now because what you're doing now is not unifying the country. It is actually dividing it. So uh, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's OOB Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook. It's Out of Bounds with Dylan James. And you can go on our, on our website as well, outofboundspodcast.com. Email me at dylan at outofboundspodcast.com if you have any comments, suggestions, feedback. We always love to hear from you guys. 
And also listen to us on WBLZsports.com every Saturday from 10 to 11 a.m. JT, what are your social media handles? You can reach me at JTSaka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can email me at JT at outofboundspodcast.com. And you can reach out to me on my personal sports blog. It's www.jttosportsguy.com. Uncle Bobby, what is your Twitter handle? Twitter. Uh, what is your Twitter handle? Yeah, it's uh, life is a big scam. Uh, every first letter of each word is capital. Life is a big scam uh, at Twitter. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the show this week, and we will talk to you guys next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer painting and pressure washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. 
Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'm going to get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.